Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you, for fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kuzma, and folks, it's Bengals week. Are they really a rival? I'm always talking about this. Always talking about this. Concerned about a few things. But you know what? It's really bothering me this week. I'm really geeked up for this game. Steelers' last regular season game on the road for this year. Steelers, of course, looking to make it five straight. Ripping off four in a row after losing four in a row. Kind of like the sound of that. For everyone who said fire Tomlin and everything, this team's healthy. I hope they stay healthy. Because if you remember, the last time we saw these two teams compete in Week 2 at Heinz Field, Fontes Perfect and Le'Veon Bell both suspended. Now we'll both be in this game. It's going to be a different dynamic. But the Cincinnati Bengals, 5-7-1 and one, against the 8-5 and five Pittsburgh Steelers, like I said, on a streak. They kind of match up a little differently. The Steelers are 4-3 and three now on the road. Three of their last four that they've won on the road. They're going to finish out this season all against AFC North opponents. All these games critical. Chance to own this division and get at least one home playoff game should they win it. Cincinnati Bengals, 3-2-1. Ah, I hate ties. Geez, Cincinnati. It's like every year Cincinnati's got to be the one that, what was that, the kiss your sister thing? Tired of it. Tired of it. But now we're going to see... Pittsburgh at their full strength, and it looks like, with the exception of losing Cam Hayward, looks like defense is coming on, and hopefully the offense comes on here as well. May even have D'Angelo Williams for this game. Going to have to see how this shakes out with the injury updates. Looks like, at least over the last few days, the only two players who are probably sitting for sure, Darius hayward Bay, Shamarco Thomas, Shamarco's always got new injuries. We cover that all the time. D'Angelo Williams did not practice on Thursday, though I do believe he was limited on Wednesday. However, the issues with the um, left guard, we have Ramon Foster practicing in full, B.J. Finney back in full. I guess Marcus Gilbert got banged up playing indoors, an ankle or something. He was limited in practice the previous day, but back in full. Javon Hargrave. Also a full participant looking to come back off of the concussion protocol. 
Looks like Steelers will definitely be armed and ready to go. 18 sacks in their last four games. They went from the bottom of the league all the way up to 11th, and that's not all. Because this Cincinnati Bengals team has given up a ton, a ton of sacks this year. Andy Dalton getting thrown around like a rag doll while their offensive line has not, I want to say underperformed, but I'm not sure that's really the word for it. Granted, there are some teams that have done worse, but you're hard-pressed to find too many. 36 sacks on Andy Dalton this year. A running game that isn't necessarily the strongest. Giovanni Bernard now on the shelf. They look like they're going to get A.J. Green back. He has been limited in practice, but they're expecting him back. He had always been a Steelers killer up until the game played earlier in September in Pittsburgh, where he was shut down. Eight targets, only two catches. So we're going to see how this is going to shake out because the Steelers' defense, I think, finally coming into their own, like I said. They're still 21st in defensive pass yards. They're fourth against the run. Off And they're 12th. They're plus two takeaway differential. They only allow the ninth most points. Cincinnati only allows the 11th most. But Cincinnati's offense has been, as I said, with the offensive line, struggling. They will have Tyler Eifert. That is somebody they did not have in that first matchup as well. So while they lose their running back, their guy that's kind of the utility guy, the guy they throw the ball a lot to in Giovanni Bernard. Jeremy Hill is now the bell cow. This Cincinnati offense ranked 23rd in the league, while the Steelers are 12th. So this is going to be an interesting game. It could be very close. You see pass yards, Cincinnati's 11th, Steelers are 8th. Rush yards, Cincinnati's 8th, the Steelers are 9th. Very, very intriguing dynamics, but we're where it really boils down to is Cincinnati's 12th against the pass and 25th against the run. And when you take a look at those numbers and see what the Steelers did last week against a very good Buffalo Bills run defense, I think you're going to realize that, <laughs> well, it's Le- it's the Le'Veon Bell show. Let's just, let's just boil that straight down to... What the Steelers, man, they, uh, I'm all over the place, folks. I, I really am. This is very hard for me to having watched this happen twice, two years in a row, being 2014 and 2015, where the Steelers play the Bengals and somebody injures Le'Veon Bell. So this is what just popped into my brain, and it was very difficult for me to talk about how great Le'Veon Bell can be because – I almost want to just sit him for the game. And that sounds insane. This guy is a special talent. There's no way he's sitting. So I hope the Steelers get an early lead in this game because I don't want to see Bell get hurt. I don't want to see Brown get hurt. None of the killer bees. You need all of these guys out there. And Vontez Perfect is the type of human being. I wrote about this. This is up on SteelCityUnderground.com with film, with video. I, I urge you to check this out. Got a lot of people in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, something like that, northern Kentucky, making fun of the fact that it's in southern Ohio. I live in northeast Ohio, actually, about a little less than an hour from Pittsburgh. I'm there all the time, though. Might not be on Christmas if you heard the WP, WTF podcast the other day, the first one we ran. A lot of fun I had there with Terry, but uh, 
I don't like that Cincinnati is in the same state boundary. And really, when you go down there, it's really part of Kentucky. It's not even a joke, really. There's only just a river that separates it. So, <laughs> that's actually bad. I feel bad for the people of Kentucky. I don't like saying that. I think I use that joke all the time. But Le'Veon Bell, 140 touches over the last four games. 823 total yards in five touchdowns. He's averaging 206 yards per game, 35 touches per game. And we talked about how he mounted for over I mean, easily. I mean, as you could see, he's over half the offense with the Buffalo Bills. But literally the second half was Le'Veon Bell, either throwing him the ball or handing it off. And the one time they didn't, they gave it to Fitz Toussaint, and he picked up six yards. So Le'Veon, having Le'Veon Bell is a big deal. Did not have him the last two times the Steelers played the Bengals. That would be in the, earlier this year and in the playoffs last year. And Antonio Brown was knocked out of that game too. They were gonna, we might see something a little different. I'm expecting Ladarius Green to show up in this game too. The Steelers just stopped. They didn't need to throw the ball against Buffalo. They were trying to get Green a little involved. They had targeted him in the end zone as well. I think Ladarius Green has the ability to make the big plays that Martavis Bryant made against the Bengals in previous years. I think that's something to look for. I think Antonio Brown, despite what all of these Bengals are saying on defense, you got Carlos Dunlap and Pac-Man Jones and even Marvin Lewis saying that the one year that we don't we don't even count this year that James Harrison left the Steelers and he played in Cincinnati. I mean, he was ready to retire after that. Can't say that I blame him. Little inside joke of having to have play with Cincinnati. He said Vontez Perfect looked up to him like a big brother. They're saying Pac-Man Jones saying that Antonio Brown's going to be his Hall of Famer. What are they sugarcoating here? All this, are they trying to kill us with niceness, blowing smoke up our rear ends? We don't want to hear any of this garbage from you. It's great that the opponents can respect each other. And we were even talking about players exchanging jerseys and maybe being a little too friendly, you know, in front of the cameras instead of behind the scenes. We like to think that they're mortal enemies and gladiators ready to knock each other's heads off. I don't, I'm not necessarily thinking that the Bengals and the Steelers are. Totally like that. But for overall, there's been some nasty things that have happened. This is the same Pac-Man Jones that claimed Antonio Brown was faking a concussion after his, I don't know, the proper term, hooligan maybe, buddy, Vontez Perfect, the guy they always defend. Marvin Lewis cannot figure this out, and this was in my article too. He does not understand the reputation there's Paul Gunther. These guys are all on record saying Andrew Whitworth says, I don't know why people don't point out Mike Mitchell. That was the whole point of the article with the film clips. They try and say Mike Mitchell is a dirty player. Mike Mitchell plays within the rules. He's been fined here or there, seldom flagged, hits hard, and has concern, compassion, sympathy for the guys that he ends up hurting. He goes over to the sideline and sees how T.Y. Hilton is doing on Thanksgiving because this is a violent game. But it doesn't mean within the brotherhood of professional football players, the guys who hang out like Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown chilling with each other, going on Facebook Live or whatever they were on and, and exchanging jerseys after the game and, laughing and giggling and yucking it up and you know we don't like 
I would much prefer see that as much as I say that we like to think these guys take each other's heads off than see somebody like Vontez Perfect lower a boom on a defenseless Max Williams off the ball or go low on Martellus Bennett away from the play or stomp on LeGarrette Blunt following, I think it was like an extra point or a field goal attempt or something of that nature, just stomping on him or giving Ben a, a, a knee strike on the ground like this is UFC, the ultimate fighting, the cage fighting. For those of you who don't follow the mixed martial arts, I don't really either, but ground and pound stuff. This is a guy who knocked over a camera and a, and a cameraman, a television camera on live TV. Vontez Perfect, that is. And we're trying to say that his behavior is acceptable and within the rules of playing football. If it happens after a whistle, it is dirty. If it happens away from the play is unnecessary, a cheap shot, it is dirty. Mike Mitchell does not lead with his helmet and try to take a wide receiver's head off. <clears throat> like he did against, like Perfect did against Antonio Brown. These are the things that concern me is because the Bengals seem to lack respect no matter how much they're they're pouring it on saying this guy's great and this guy's good Ben Roethlisberger we respect Antonio Brown baloney I don't buy it you could say it all you want in the media leading up to this game which was pulled from a Sunday night game because the Cincinnati Bengals are terrible this year Marvin Lewis should be on the hot seat for sure. I don't know I don't know how this guy continues to keep a job and his staff that lets these guys run around like it's an insane asylum. Proven on the field on Sunday. And let's see our boys play hard but play fair. Because if there's any dirty crap that happens and there's only 2 weeks left in this season, especially heading into what could be the de facto AFC North division championship game on Christmas Day between the Steelers and Ravens, and the Steelers end up playing that game shorthanded, maybe miss an opportunity at the playoffs, or let's just say they run the table, and then they have to play shorthanded like they did when they ran the, the when they won the North in 2014 and didn't have Le'Veon Bell for that game. One man does not a team make, but. Geez, when you're taking away the best players that are on the football field with dirty and cheap and and just careless play on the field, taking this is how guys earn their money. Some of these guys don't have guaranteed contracts when you take them out. They're, this is how they put food on the table. It is a violent sport in very many ways by its nature. But it doesn't have to be ugly and dirty and disgusting to where people are spitting on each other and reaching into their face masks and stomping on them and twisting ankles. There is no room for that in a professional. The emphasis. I always talk about the quotes in the air like Dr. Evil. That's usually... Something that's reserved for when I'm mocking something. This time it's an emphasis on professional football and professional football players. Show me that you mean what you say, Cincinnati. 
and it gets away from the X's and O's and the keys to this game, but I am this is definitely the thing I am most concerned with this Sunday is the Steelers walking out of this game healthy. Now, what's interesting is Eric Herman has a piece coming out on this that'll be up on SteelCityUnderground.com about how the Bengals are the least penalized team in the NFL. So maybe they aren't. Maybe they're just not getting caught with some of the dirty play. I think the, the Garrett, I think the Martellus Bennett thing was completely missed. I know the Garrett Blunt thing was perfect, getting a fine. He's been fined a, a handful of times. There's a list of it in that same Mike Mitchell style article. So the Bengals have improved a little bit on both sides of the ball, but it's a little too little too late. If they have AJ Green, that's another weapon. I think the Steelers, this is a nice little test. Will they shut down A.J. Green again? Can they make a statement? Can they get another win on the road? Ben Roethlisberger has been awful, awful on the road this year, with the exception of the Indianapolis Colts game. He's had terrible, terrible, terrible ratings. I'm going to get some numbers for you. Ben in his previous so oh, and even against the Bengals he hasn't been necessarily the best. Let's see, seven road games, eight interceptions, and then even against the Bengals. I'm stealing a little bit from you, Brian. Brian Roach, who's written the preview that also that's also up on SteelCityUnderground.com. Through two against the Bengals. His, his road average is 79.69, and that's even, as we said, with that huge game in India, it was 146. At home, he's 115.76. Buffalo, he was 37.8. So maybe maybe the bugs are worked out, and they'll be A-OK. I expect a big game, though. I expect a big game. They're going to step up. They're going to grab this thing by its throat, and they're going to take what's theirs. It's got to happen. It's got to happen or the season's going to be over. You don't want to be tied heading into a game for all the marbles with the Ravens and the Steelers. As fun, as exciting as that might be, Baltimore's had their number. Steelers can afford, they can, can afford to lose another game, but they can't be tied with the Ravens in record because right now the Ravens have the tiebreaker. And you can't allow Baltimore to sweep you for the season. So they have to take care of business first here in Cincinnati. They have to play mistake-free football because usually they're their own worst enemy. They left points on this on the table in Buffalo, those interceptions. Ben knows it. I'm not saying anything that he isn't aware of, and he knows it way better than I do anyway. So some quick things, some quick uh, just history between the Steelers and the Bengals. The Steelers lead the series no matter where it's played. Overall, 57 to 35. If it's in Pittsburgh, it's 31 to 16. If it's in Cincinnati, it's 26 to 19. So that's pretty huge. They've met 22 times in this month of December, and the Steelers lead that. Uh, five and two when they're on the road in the month of December against them. So, very interesting. The Steelers, 
in their last meeting, Ben Roethlisberger did have 259 passing yards and three touchdowns. He has eight passing touchdowns versus four interceptions and a 96.9 rating in the past five games against the Bengals. Of course, Le'Veon Bell breaking all those records last week. We'll see what he can do again. Antonio Brown has 204 receiving yards in the past two games against Cincinnati. And then, of course, Sammy Coates, who has disappeared since hurting his hand. He, too, had a big game against the Bengals. And that second game of the year for the Steelers, 97 receiving yards. We saw a TD out of Xavier Grimble. James Harrison just pouring it on. Franchise leader in sacks, has five in his last six. Played every snap last Sunday. Bud Dupree played all but one and had two sacks. Actually, I think Bud moved up to two and a half. There was a stack correction, which really shortchanged Sean Davis. I think they took like a second and a half away from him. Artie Burns leads the NFL rookies with three picks this year. Andy Dalton has been stellar as well against the Steelers' defense in his last three games. He has 102.4 rating with five touchdown passes and no interceptions. He's also second in the AFC with uh, 3,555 passing yards. Jeremy Hill against the Browns had 142 scrimmage yards last week in a rushing touchdown. Actually, the interesting stat about Jeremy Hill is is that since 2015, he's second in the NFL with 19 rushing touchdowns. Very interesting. Tyler Eifert has had four touchdown catches in the last three games that he's played against the Steelers. Tyler Boyd's been pretty good. Geno Atkins had two sacks last week. Fontes Perfect has had 10 tackles in two of his past three against the Steelers in his past six. He's had 63 tackles, so he's good for two and a half a game. Five pass deflections, two picks, and a forced fumble over six games. A lot of these things from last week. George Iloka had an interception last week. Who cares? They played the Browns. Bring on what it re- bring on the real game here. These next few are going to be very interesting. So this is going to be a game, a battle of field position. Talked about the great game that Rosie Nix had. Jordan Berry has been doing very well. We've seen the sky kicks from Chris Boswell. I talk a lot about special teams. This is really setting the this is setting the plate for the Steelers defense, which has been on fire, as we mentioned, all these different sacks all over the last handful of games. Steelers have not trailed a single second over the last four games as well. So my ideal situation for Sunday. Get the lead early, chew up the clock, pull the main event guys. The Killer Bees, just I want them off the field. Want a nice 24 to 30 point cushion. Let's throw Landry Jones out there in the fourth quarter and keep everyone healthy and safe for Christmas Day to win this division. This is the first of a couple steps. Several steps. I hate even overlooking Cleveland, but you know what? We don't know what Baltimore is going to do. Baltimore ends up losing one of these games coming up. Let's say they lose to the Eagles on Sunday, their last home game, because then they have to finish out coming to Pittsburgh and then going to Cincinnati. And we won't know that last week necessarily what to do. But 
Baltimore loses again, and then the Steelers beat them. The Steelers could sit, they could play with their backups and get some rest against the Browns for the on New Year's Day. That would be pretty awesome. I'm really looking in the crystal ball, looking way ahead down the road because they got to take care of business. But I am most concerned about the shenanigans that could go on on Sunday with the likes of a Pac-Man or Fontes Perfect. So I'm going to leave it at that, folks. Thank you once again for tuning in. Just amazing the amount of support that we've been getting. Absolutely humbled and floored by it. Go Steelers. Sunday, statement game. Last game on the road. Let's make it five in a row. Until next time, be safe, be good, and I will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. Hey folks, Dirks Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.